This is the Action Coach Bolton Business Extra Podcast. Every week we're going to be talking to a different business owner about their journey in business, the successes they've had, the mistakes they've made along the way, and what advice they've got for other business owners wherever you happen to be on your journey. edition of the Business Extra podcast, we're joined by Matt and Julie Lavery of Orb Rope Access. And they're going to share with us their journey from Matt being a serving member of the Royal Marines to having one of the most unusual professions that we've come across to date on Business Extra. Welcome to the podcast, Julie and Matt. Thank you. How are you doing? you Yeah, I'm very well, thanks, Matt. Hope you two are doing okay as well. Um, the, the podcast and, and the, the video are to promote your business and to see if we can help some other business owners out along the way so why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about your business about orb rope access and how you got started um so we've been working as orb for the past five years um matt's uh, been working as a rope access technician for 15 to 16 years now uh, prior to that he was in the royal marines so we did 10 years in the royal marines and he was just never going to get a normal job when he left. So he trained as an IRATA uh, technician. And, and after 10 years of experience and traveling the world, we kind of came to the conclusion that actually, you know, this might be something that we can take forward as our own business. Um, I had a background from the Royal Bank of Scotland and um, a business and commercial and corporate background. Um, so we thought that we should join forces together um, in our own little business venture and, and that's what we've done so it's been about five years now um, since we've been old. Brilliant so what was it really that prompted you to go into business for yourselves then um, Matt particularly for you after working for somebody else? Um, well rope access is such a it's such a random thing to do really it's not it's not a normal job as Julie said it's not the scaffolding or it's not a it's obviously not an office-based job um, and we end up working with such a broad range of clients. And I, for other companies, I was working on all sorts of things from football stadiums, office blocks, um, bridges, it could be all sorts of things. Um, and then usually, you know, you get asked, could you do this? Could you do that? Um, and you end up on site yeah. with another group of guys kind of banging your heads together and kind of going, right, how do we make this work? Um, and then off the back of that, you know, probably with most businesses, you think, well, I can. It's us that have got the the actual uh, relationship with the client. We're the ones doing all the graft, and we're, we're you know we're the we're the intermediate from the client to the office. Um, and we've always, you know, got on with the client really well. So, and then the client asks you, could you do this? Could you do that? And we were of the. At the time, we were kind of going, we could do this better ourselves. And you don't know unless you try. So uh, we tried. I, th- I think that's um, when I talk to other business owners, one of the biggest things they always tell me is, we can do this better than they can. So let's have a go. Fed up with making money for somebody else. Let's make money for ourselves and do a better job along the way. Yeah. So it, it's been five years now. What have been the biggest challenges for you along the way then? Wow. Um, I guess there's been a few. Uh Right at the beginning, obviously, we had the ambitions to have the business for for us both, uh, but it obviously wasn't financially viable for it to fund us both and our our family. We've got two children. Um, So for the first few years, Matt was kind of doing everything, doing the business, doing the networking, doing the physical jobs, meeting with the clients. 
and I had a range of part-time jobs so I was then able to kind of do the behind the scenes things um kind of when the children had gone to bed etc etc so that was a challenge but we obviously you know we got through it and it became viable for me to come on full-time um in October 19 which was fantastic you know so it was a challenge while we were doing it there was some very late nights you know I can't, couldn't speak to clients at 10 o'clock at night when I, <laughs> when I wanted to so it was kind of trying to work through that um, I'd say that was one of the biggest challenges and then obviously the past 12 months have been interesting <laughs> as well and that's challenges that everybody's been facing mm. um, as well yeah, yeah. I mean, we can't ignore the fact that we've had a pandemic for the last 12 months. We'll talk about that a little bit more. So time really is one of those challenges that every business owner that I've met when they first go into business for themselves. Um, you know, you, you you work for somebody else and then you go into business for yourself. And not only do you have to carry on doing what you were doing before for somebody else, you know, you've got to carry on doing that full time. But then you've also got this thing called a business that you've got to start running as well. So you've got marketing and sales and finance and systems and team and all the other things that go around that as well so yeah it's a you're not alone there it's a challenge for a lot of business owners um let's talk about the pandemic then um it's been just over 12 months now I mean, we first met just 12 months ago at my last live event um what what have been what's been the greatest impact of covid19 on your business when, when it initially hit uh we were on a, a project down in london at Canary Wharf uh, on the Barclays building. And there was rumours of COVID around Europe and, uh, you know, we'd, we'd been skiing and we'd just come back and there was rumours, we were not far from the Italian border, uh, and there was rumours of COVID being in Italy and we were, you know, probably 30, 40 miles away from Italy. So we were like, oh, we were lucky we didn't, it didn't get us. So we came back and there was, you know, rumour mill going crazy. and then. We were at Canary Wharf, like I said, and something happened at the HSBC building that we could see. They evacuated two or three floors because of COVID. Um, but the only way to go in and out of Canary Wharf as a commuter was this kind of subterranean undergroundy thing that goes over to the, yeah. the London Light Railway. And we were thinking, we were all sat there chatting. Well, if it if it spreads as easily as the saying, the worst thing to do is get in a tunnel with a million people and spread it through London. Yeah. <laughs> and within two weeks of that, I think it was, it just went lockdown mm. and we were all like, whoa, this is this is real. Yeah. Um, so we were unsure for probably two, three weeks where we didn't have anything because all the clients just went, no, nothing's happening, everything's stopped. Yeah. So we were kind of like, right, what happens now? I think that was quite challenging when the announcement came on that Monday. I think it'd be a night I'll never forget where we were, I think everybody was just a little bit in shock. And then we started getting messages from MDs of the sites that we were on, that we'd been on that day. And they were saying, right, the site's shut. And we were like, what What, what about, what's that now? <laughs> like, we had to get yeah. on there. We have jobs to do. Um, what did eventually pan out with one of the particular jobs that they stopped that day was that we were doing a safety project. And after a couple of days of kind of figuring out what we could and couldn't do, we were able to then go back on that site and finish it. And that was something really that's kept us going throughout the, the, especially lockdown one was that, you know, the stuff we do is for safety, you know, like yeah. it, it looks also great that we're absolutely off buildings and it looks amazing and, you know, very challenging, but the work we're doing is safety work. And so 
if we weren't on site completing what we were doing, you know, that would be extra challenges for the NHS. There'd be all sorts of issues going on, et cetera, et cetera. So slowly but surely as the weeks passed, we were able to kind of speak to clients, gauge how they felt about it and to be able to move forward. I mean, ultimately, you know, we're on the top of the building. They are two metres apart. We're not going to meet anybody where we're going. (laughs) So as long as the teams are following the COVID rules and, and what's expected, you know, we were able to, slowly continue but it was a bit of a shock as it was for everyone right at the beginning some jobs that we had that were definite 100 percent going ahead didn't happen and then some stuff completely out of the blue turned up Mm. and so we went kind of full pelt with two three teams out all the time we strung the jobs out so we had continuous work for for a few guys Mm. rather than trying to you know get it all in um, and simultaneous jobs running Mm. uh, which worked out quite well Mm. but it was a challenge with some of the public areas that we use uh, or we work around and in. We were like, well, there's no one around. We can get this job done now instead of doing it at night, which is a cost implication and all the rest of it. Uh, we do it in yeah. the day now because there's no one here. Mm. And so that helped some clients, but sometimes the person that we had to get hold of, they weren't on site because they're furloughed. Well, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think everyone's in the same boat lately, and now everything's started to slowly move back to normality. Everybody wants everything done last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we found that as well. Yeah, lastminute.com, and we want it done before we get back to the office and all yeah. that kind of, <laughs> kind of stuff that's going on now when they could have had it done while nobody was in the office, of course. Yeah. Um, and, of course, with two children as well, that presents its own, challenge, its own challenges with the schools being closed. Oh, yes. So, so, so who was the teacher? I was the teacher. It, we did. We we had a discussion about it, which didn't last very long. That I was. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose Julie, how good are you at swinging around on ropes? Well, that's, that's true. Question. That's true. I'm brilliant now at like bus stop divisions, so that's fantastic. That's a new skill I've learned. Um, so. Yeah, we, I furloughed myself, or we furloughed me uh, in April um, to homeschool and look after the children. Um, yeah. It was a bit like going back to when we first started, like Matt then had to do everything because I was unable to to contribute from that respect. Uh, so a bit of network, networking, going on site, doing the quotes. You know, things had slowed down, so that wasn't, that wasn't too bad. I think what we found uh, when I came back in September – um obviously part of my role is to work on the business and progress the business from with all the different elements like say marketing and all the finance and all that kind of stuff that didn't happen during that time but we we kept working we had the clients that that was great so you know that was one of the main challenges that we haven't been working on the business within those six months we were just being a little bit more reactive so I've come back now mm. to try and pick that up and build that up over the past six months now as well. Yeah, yeah. So what one or two actions have you taken during the pandemic that have made a real difference then and, and how are they working now? We took a little bit more. I mean, we're on social media anyway, we're on LinkedIn and um, Instagram and, you know, the usual bits and bobs. Um, but we found that LinkedIn has been quite good. We've had quite a bit of work through there or referrals or we've just got to contact people. And it's been a bit of a chance. So if I went into a, a new client and maybe a, you know, a potential client, usually, unless they've used rope access in the past, um, they don't know what it is. 
Um, they've never heard of it. And as soon as you say I swung around on a rope, it's instantly dangerous and instant death. <laughs> uh, so it's trying to speak to that person one-to-one and explain, you know, I've been doing it for a long time. It's not a new thing. And it's rope access in various forms has been around for hundreds of years. Mm. Um, not in its, its new safe form as it is in, for the past 20 odd years. But it's a thing and we can do a lot of things because, again, if they have used rope access, a lot of the time facilities managers just label you as window cleaner. And it's like, we can clean windows. It's yeah. not what, we, what we're here for, but we usually do a job and then we might clean the building after. But people just automatically say window cleaner. And when they see that we do all sorts, you know, uh, concrete repairs, uh, glazing installation, uh, you know, there's a million and one things that we can do. Um, so it was, I've gone on LinkedIn and I'm trying to do a bit of a history thing. So loads of people see it, you know, LinkedIn out. Sometimes it might get one like, but it's the post that gets you some more work. It might get 300 likes and you don't get anything from it. So it's totally random, but I've been trying yeah. to put a bit of a history thing together to say, you know, rope, if we didn't have rope, we wouldn't know where we wouldn't be anywhere close to where we are now as a nation. It's trying to edu- educate yeah, people about it as well. You know, people who, if they understand it and they trust how you're doing something, you know, people see scaffolding and cherry pickers day in, day out, they're usually walking into them in the streets, you know, yeah. it's always there. Whereas you don't walk around looking up into the yeah. to the tops of the building to see what's there. So it's very much an education piece. I think when I came back from furlough to support with the whole in, encouraging social media I did some training on LinkedIn and it it quite honestly blew my mind like how the algorithm the algorithms and how you post and how it works and what it mm-hmm. reacts to I mean that was absolutely fascinating I would you know recommend yeah. anybody who does use LinkedIn and haven't had a conversation with like an expert about it to do that because it really changes the way that yeah. we've started posting yeah. and, and what we've been posting and stuff yeah Definitely. I mean, we 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 run LinkedIn workshops you know, from time yeah. to time, and 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 the and the people who come on those, who like yourself, are always amazed by the things that they can do to really make a difference to LinkedIn. But marketing in general is all about education yeah. and about communication. Um, it's not necessarily about selling, which is what a lot of people try to do, and um, it's particularly with a such a niche um, sort of service that that you guys provide. There's always loads of great content for you to put out there and i've been really enjoying reading and looking at some of the stuff that you've been putting out there it's been brilliant i have to say really good Uh, let's just talk briefly then matt you've touched on one or two areas um that you get involved with give us your uh, your top top five um most unusual jobs that you've done unusual um christmas decorations a bit of a random one sometimes they're really easy and nice and you know the you know the, they're quite effective and then some places some of the things that the client wants is just the bonkers uh i've, I've ended up putting a long time ago i don't know if you know the trafford center uh, manchester yeah have a big father christmas with a big waving hand on it yeah that is just a pain mm-hmm. in the backside to to sort of have <laughs> how we get it up there Where's your Christmas spirit, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> that goes up. That's not. It's not there. Then. Um, the we've, we've we have done a lot of heritage stuff in lockdown. Um, we've been fortunate enough to start working at Liverpool Cathedral, <clears throat> the Anglican Cathedral, which is a fantastic building to work on. 
Um, and previous to that, we'd done churches and a couple of, you know, castle type things and various stuff. But since working at the cathedral, we've got involved with a, a few architects that have realised the potential of rope access. Um, and we're, we're doing all sorts of historic uh, churches and bridges and all sorts of stuff. And that's really interesting because I'm learning. I'm quite, I like the history side of stuff. Yeah. What's your, what's your, fav- what's your favourite thing to do? Favourite job on rope access is, yeah, it's the churches, it's the heritage stuff. Um, yeah. We were one church, we were looking at specifics on this church and I was with the the architect who was a, he was a, a, an archaeologist as well, a building archaeologist, because they don't know half of what's gone on with the building. It's been there nearly a thousand years, I think. So he's digging bits out and he's coming up with things going, oh, that's 600 years old, that's 800 years old. And they can tell with the different types of stone and mortar and all this stuff. And it's just like, I'd, we've lost that. And then it surprises me that a building that's been there, potentially they don't really know anything from 800 to 1,000 years. And then we go to a brand new build somewhere and it's dropping apart. <laughs> Not even five years old. <laughs> but the architect's got an award. You're like, for what? But yeah, we get to see... Broad range of things. Uh, I like. I do like bridges. Bridges are probably one of my favourite things. It, it, it must be just every day is a school day. You just learn. You know, you just different types of buildings, different types of projects every day, all day. Yeah. Must be absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. You've obviously made some adjustments during COVID. What what adjustments are you going to keep on doing as we start to come out of lockdown? Oh, I think we're kind of discussing it, and there's yeah. not much that we. We won't carry everything that we did in lockdown. We'll probably either ramp it up mm. or the social media thing, I think, is good. Yeah, I think that's the key, yeah. I think, because we were talking about, we, you know, we split it kind of between the stuff I do and the stuff that Matt does. And from Matt's perspective, when he's on site, he's doing the quotes, he's doing the job. Bar following the COVID rules, which everybody's doing, that was still the same. Nothing particularly changed. I think it's more about yeah. how we run the business so the LinkedIn stuff and the Instagram stuff, the marketing thing will absolutely continue with that. Um, and I think it'll be around, dare I say it, as much as I'm not the biggest fan of Zoom, you know, what it's enabled us to do is more networking via Zoom and kind of more one-to-ones with people maybe that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to, to talk to because you've not got the travel in this time, you know, and that, that makes a, a huge difference. So I think continuing with some of that although I'm now going to totally contradict myself and say I really that's what I'm really missing the one-to-ones like face-to-face and seeing people so it is a bit of a contradiction but it's trying to get that happy medium right for the business um and and so I think that'll be the, the main things that we keep yeah. going and are we going to see some more videos on on LinkedIn as well maybe sort of when you when you're halfway up a we're halfway down. Yeah, it's one of the it's the education thing again. And when we do, we're doing whatever we're doing. Um, yeah, it's hard to go. We're drilling, putting a new piece on that, or whatever it could be, to stop halfway through that and go, "Hey, you know, this is what we're doing." Because oh, it, it's sometimes a bit of a pain. It's just not practical to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things. It's yeah, it's the education thing again because mm. trying to explain to a potential client that we're dangling off a rope and they look at it and go, what's that? And you go, well, you know, it's, it's nearly got 
you could hang nearly two and a half, three tons off these things. And it, that's minimum before they start mm. disappearing. And we've got two of them and I'm the only thing hanging off it. So the, a lot of the time, the weakest part of the whole system is the building that we're going off. Yeah. It's like, and trying to tell people, you know, that they just, they don't, they either don't listen or they don't believe you. Uh, but then when they see the potential return, they haven't had to barrier off a whole street. Uh, we're in and out. We haven't got things hanging off the building. We're not there overnight. Yeah. Everything we've got is all man packable, so it all disappears at night. And yeah, we turn up in a couple of vans, all the kits there. We do the job, we disappear again. And they go, oh, right. <laughs> Is that it? And you go, oh, yeah, we've done it. And you take a lot of photographs or a video or, you know, whatever, whatever the yeah. wants and prove what we've done. And then they go, well, that's, could you do this? And then before you know it, the biggest question we get is, while you're up there, can you just? <laughs> yeah. Here we go. We yeah, we can do that. Just give us a new purchase order for X amount and away we go. Yeah. Brilliant. Look, obviously health and safety is absolute, absolutely paramount in what you do. But I want to talk about mistakes now, not in terms of the practical um, dangling off building side of it, but mistakes in business. It's been, you know... When I talk to business owners and, and entrepreneurs, um, the most successful ones, when, when I ask them what makes them as successful as they are, quite often they'll say it's simply because they've made more mistakes than anybody else and they've learned from them along the way. Um, and it's been said that smart people learn from the mistakes yeah. and wise people learn from the mistakes of others. And I know we have a lot of wise people who listen to this podcast. So can you tell us about mistakes that you've made in business along the way and how other business owners might be able to learn from your experience? Yeah, we were having a discussion about this, weren't we? And loads of different things came up and we were saying, it wasn't necessarily a mistake, but maybe we were just a bit naive or once a situation had happened, you'd think, oh, actually, we shouldn't have done it that way. We should have done something else, but maybe not have been a mistake. I think the biggest thing that we both said, which again was right at the very beginning when we were starting the business, is we didn't have any payment terms set up. We naively went into this thinking, well, if we do a job, somebody will pay us. <laughs> That's what we would have done. <laughs> you know? Somebody does me a job and I'm going to pay them. So that was an interesting lesson learnt. And it wasn't all, all the clients, obviously. A lot of clients did pay. There was just one or two. And it just becomes really challenging. Um, I think another thing that absolutely you need to consider as everybody would know now is cash flow and if you're not getting your invoices in you're not getting cash flow and you could have all the jobs in the world and so many invoices due to be paid but without the cash flow you've you've got nothing and that was a really big lesson learned to ensure that you've got the cash flow it don't matter what all the pieces of paper say you've still got to physically yeah. have, have that money yeah i couldn't agree with you more julie um we've you know there's an old adage and you'll have heard it um revenue is vanity Profit is sanity, but cash is king yeah. or queen. Yeah. So it's all about getting the cash in. And you're not alone in not having payment terms mm. or thinking, oh, well, everybody's going to pay on 30 days because that's what it says on the invoice, yeah. you know. And, you know, then having to put a system into place to to chase that money as well is really important. Yeah. Just getting your invoices out is a, a challenge for some clients. You know, we go and talk to some clients and we ask them, well, when do you invoice for the jobs? Oh, we do it at the end of the week or the end of the month when they've you know that so they're giving their clients um a, a lending facility absolutely. and it's it's not the bank of julian matt is it yeah or it shouldn't be yeah no totally agree yeah that was one of the things i i was doing you know 
late at night when the little ones were in bed was sending out those invoices because I kind of knew yeah. that it had to be done, but it was still waiting for that reaction from the client as to whether you were going to get it, <laughs> the funds in or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's look forward a little bit. You know, the, the light at the end of the tunnel is definitely switched on and it's getting brighter every day. I had my jab, first jab yesterday. Oh, I've got a bit of an AKM this morning. I've got my second one at the start of June. So by the time the pub's completely reopen and on the 21st of June, I'll be getting drunk and hugging everybody. What, <laughs> what are you guys looking more, looking forward to most after lockdown? I think probably a holiday. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't really go on. We we try and go skiing. That's probably our big holiday, um, and then just going to the lakes. You know, mm. doing getting out and about and doing something without. You know, you can't go near them. You can't do that. Mm. You know, the kids are going absolutely mental. They they just want to go away to the lakes yeah. or wherever. Yeah. and just get yeah. out and run around and do what they do. Mm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Just that that release of a holiday probably. Mm. I think from a business <laughs> perspective, I think. Obviously, we're following the COVID rules. Matt's been out on site. He's been going to all the jobs, et cetera, et cetera. And we made that decision very early on. But yeah. whereas we usually would kind of both go on site, he'd go somewhere, I'd go somewhere. We've tried to keep it just to one person going out. So we're doing our bit, not to kind of spread uh, as such. Yeah. Um, so from my perspective, it would be actually going on the side so that'd be quite nice quite like to see what what the teams are doing and and see the clients and talk to the clients and get feedback from clients which is absolutely what what Matt's been doing um but it'd be yeah. nice to to get back there was one point during peak lockdown where we came in with a smile on his face and he'd actually had the joy of going to B&Q and at that point that was I was really I jealous well. I was like I never want to go to B&Q and I was so jealous that he'd been able to go out and do something like that I was like heartbroken um but yeah to get out and kind of join in with the business from that perspective is something that i'm really looking forward to doing yeah yeah i i went skiing i went skiing for the first time about i think it was eight years ago and it it popped up on my facebook memories this morning oh no from from march that year and i'm just sat there looking at avorias and all these beautiful views and all that beautiful snow going oh i really want to be there not here yeah really want to be there so next year yeah. Next year we'll be off skiing again, definitely. definitely. <laughs> um, th- there's been a lot of inspiring people and situations that have occurred over the last year. What inspires um, you two most today? Julie, so I used to be in the Marines for, for 10 years and I, I left the Marines with, you know, I've done that next chapter kind of thing and then I started doing the rope access with a little bit of going into the offshore world. So I worked on the oil rigs quite a lot um, when I first uh, left the forces. And it was quite forces heavy. Uh, the, you know, the, the workforce was a lot of ex-forces lads. And then I came out of that. The working away on an oil rig is like being on a ship that doesn't go anywhere with a lot of very moody people on there. <laughs> and I was like, this is not for me. I don't like it at all. The money's okay, but yeah, it's not all about that. So anyway, I started working onshore more. And then a, a bit of a distance, apart from you know, the few handful of guys that I've kept in contact with. Uh, and since lockdown, because I'm going back on social media a little bit with the, the uh, LinkedIn and various other bits, it's reconnecting with the ex-forces community. And a lot of the yeah. ex-forces lads, I was quite fortunate. I came, I came straight out of the forces, in, straight into work. Uh, but it's not that simple for a lot of guys. And knowing about... 
the X-Forces community, and everyone's got their own little, oh, we're the best, we're the best, you know, all that kind of stuff, bit of rivalry and all that good stuff. The Marines, a close-knit community, and the Army and the Navy and the Air Force and all these different elements. But as a whole, the X-Forces community is a really good community. And there's a hell of a lot of guys and girls out there. (laughs) And a lot of them, when they come out, they haven't got a choice. Um, They have to do it themselves. There's, There's no support network. You'd think there would be. But there isn't that good of a support network when you first leave. As soon as you sign the piece of paper, that's you. Don't want anything to do with it again. So they've had to pick themselves up and get back on it. Um, and a lot of them have started their own business, whether it be it could be anything, you know. Mm. Uh, some of them a little bit linked to the, the past career in the, in, the, in the military or just something totally random. But with the forces mentality, especially in the Marines, obviously I'm a bit biased, um, but it's... <laughs> You know, you, if you put effort in, you'll get something back again. It's not always easy. Uh, and yeah. The morals and the ethos and all that from the Marines about the honesty and you know all that all that stuff. If you say to a guy that you're going to be there at nine o'clock, you're there at five to nine with all the right gear on, mm-hmm. ready to go. Not going, oh, I'm a bit late. Oh, my bus was late. Not interested. Get there for that time. Mm-hmm. Mm. I found that with the X Forces guys has been fantastic, mm. and I have what maybe six or seven ex military lads. Uh, got some ex Marines on there. We've got some um, ex Paris on there, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but you know, we've got a good group of guys. Uh, I'm not saying that there's, there's not good non ex military guys out there, but you just know what you're going to get. You know, you've got a, a basic. Mm. You've got all the basics in in the right place, and you've got something to work with. And I found that through yeah. the ex-military side, whether it's a, a florist, an ex-military florist, or someone in the similar industry to me, they all have the same ideas and the same drive. It seems behind them. I found yeah. that yeah. Um, the ex-military world and LinkedIn and stuff that everyone's kind of going, yeah, not and as easy as what you think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really important. Really important. How many people do you have working with you now? Matt? Today we've got three on site today um, and then hopefully by the end of probably the next couple of weeks we'll have two or three teams out of four or five. Mm. So, it, mm. yeah, it's we've got a, an order book, massive. It's just waiting for those people to come back into work and press the button, <laughs> which, in the, yeah. you know, like we said before, in the next couple of weeks they're going to go, get it done now. <laughs> and we're going to go yeah yeah and and are, are all your guys um and possibly girls i don't know are they um subcontracted or are they actually employed by by um orbital packs yeah so we the subcontractors the industry is very much works on subcontracting and um, individuals yeah. to work for you a lot of them will spend a couple of weeks a couple of months however long offshore and then come back on onshore and we have the same pool of lads that we use in our team um, that'll work for us when they're unsure. Great. A uh, couple of quick questions to finish off. Um, first one is this. What have you learned about yourselves over the last few months? I'm not very good at working from home on my own. <laughs> <laughs> I need to talk to people. <laughs> I need human interaction other than on a computer screen, definitely. <laughs> or with your children. <laughs> yeah, I don't like children. <laughs> How about you, Matt? <laughs> it's, it's confirmed that I don't like computers. I, computers. <laughs> I think things have continued, haven't they? It's been it's been yeah, the same. It's been similar. Yeah. Um, 
I've had to learn to be a little bit more patient, I suppose, because, yeah, you send an email and you have to wait a week, Mm. maybe two weeks, rather than going, what are we doing it, what are we doing, how are we doing it, you know, that kind of thing. So everything, I think the whole world has just slowed down Mm. and that can be frustrating. Um, it can be a good thing as well. Yeah, it can be a good thing <laughs> in certain ways. That could be good. Yeah, yeah. it's not. Na- it's nice to to take a breath and take a step back and and yeah. just reevaluate every now and again. Um, finally, then, if you have one piece of advice for another business owner, what would that be? Keep at it. I think don't kind of if it doesn't work, it doesn't mean it isn't working. Um, you've mm. just got to keep doing what you do. Mm. and not look at others and kind of go oh they're doing this we better do that mm. just do what you're doing yeah i think yeah. i think in the world of social media i mean we've said this throughout we've upped our game on, on linkedin and social media as everyone else has and it doesn't matter whether it's linkedin or just your private life on facebook your natural thing is to then begin to compare and you're like oh what are our competitors doing what are they doing well, this is what we should be doing but i think the key is that's a split second snapshot of a photo or a comment. That's not the reality of what the situation yeah. is. So absolutely like it, comment, et cetera, et cetera. But it's absolutely not comparing yeah. yourself and staying true to yourself and doing what you want to do and moving your projects forward and your ideas forward. Definitely. Brilliant. Brilliant. Listen, it's been a real pleasure talking to both of you. If people want to find out more about Orb Rope Access or they have something that they think you might be able to get involved with, how do they find out more about your business? How do they get in contact with you both? Yep. So we've got um, a website, orbropeaccess.com, um, and there's a contact form on there. It's also got our phone numbers and email addresses on there as well. Um, we're both on LinkedIn and we've got a LinkedIn business page and we've also got a page on Instagram as well, um, all, all Brope Access uh, to find it on Instagram as well. Fantastic. We'll make sure those links go on to the descriptions for the podcast so people can just click through from there. Fantastic. Julie and, and Matt Lavery, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've learnt loads. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. much. This is uh, Action Coach Bolton's Business Extra podcast. We'll see you all next time. Mm-hmm.